This is the Media Week Industry Podcast from the people at mediaweek.com.au. Welcome to a new Media Week podcast. We're back at Twitter headquarters. Haven't been here for a couple of months now, but I always love uh, doing recordings here. We're in the famous Twitter Blue Room. Our guest, Jonathan Harley. Welcome. Thanks, James. Lovely to be here. It's taken us a little while to get this uh, together because you're a busy man, aren't you? Well, we're bo- I don't have a monopoly on that. We're both moving around a bit and uh, I'm lucky enough to cover the whole region, all of Asia Pacific, for Twitter. So that's basically... So you're director of news. Yeah. And you cover... So where does that, where does that uh, geographically go Well, from? you know, I, I joke that it goes from Vanuatu <laughs> in the east to Mazar-e Sharif in northern Afghanistan. So it's a pretty, wow. it's a pretty broad uh, patch, of course, but the main areas, obviously, are Japan, India, Southeast Asia, and Australia. Uh, they're our core markets, and that's where I, I spend uh, most of my time. Okay. Uh, how often are you on the road, would you oh, estimate? I feel like I'm out of the office every second week, uh-huh. really. So I'm usually in the, in the region uh, every three weeks or so. Uh, Our headquarters is in Singapore, uh, but obviously trying to move around as much. Because as you know, James, there's just, you know, as a journo by background, there's just no substitute for seeing things firsthand and meeting with people. And we've got a lot of really key partners and there's a lot of really exciting work. I mean, I'm lucky enough to play and work in the most exciting news market on the planet. There's a lot to talk to you about. We'll get into some of your partners and some of the sort of interesting work you do and some of the stuff that that people can get into on the on the platform but tell us a little bit about what does we've talked to a lot of your colleagues before and a lot of them have pretty good arguments that they they are really key drivers to the twitter platform but I've got, i'm guessing that news is certainly up there if not number one well yeah we we are first and foremost a news platform our objective on the news team on the news partnerships team is to help people be informed by and see and engage with the conversation uh, from reliable and credible news sources. So we work with publishers, broadcasters and journalists to make sure they're getting the best uh, news onto the platform, that they're making the most of the platform and ultimately that we can drive the partnership for them around reaching wider audiences, innovating and creating uh, to deliver those stories in new ways and, and in some cases ultimately to drive revenue as well. Now, to me, it seems a bit like a dream gig, a job that a lot of people would like. What sort of qualifications got you sort of the role, do you reckon? Look, (laughs) it is a great gig and it is a dream job. And and I think the thing that that is unique about... uh, looking after news partnerships, whether it's here in Australia or across Asia or anywhere in the world, is is you need to have two key things in particular. You need to have a really strong love of and feel for news and journalism and how newsrooms work and what journalists need and what publishers are trying to do in this new mobile digital news age. That's the first thing. And the second, which I think is, is a is a little bit different to a traditional journalistic background is you've got to like and enjoy really working with people and building partnerships. So that's uh, more strategic. That's more, uh, that's very collaborative, obviously. Uh, and you can't work with everyone at once. And I think as someone who comes from a journalistic background, what's been an interesting transition actually is 
you know, journalism is so uh, reactive and responsive. We all know that. Breaking news, it happens, you, you respond, you report, you go like mad, you fall over, you repeat. This work is much more strategic. This work is much more about looking at the landscape and the trends and which partners we should partner with and work with really, you know, whether it's this year or this quarter at this time to help them get to the next level and also to to move forward the news experience, both for users, for the audience, and also for publishers more broadly. Because if we're showing by example, if publishers and journalists and broadcasters are leading by example and innovating, that will also set the stage for others to follow and to also, also be inspired to the, do their own own innovative work i don't want to get into a detailed you know cv because that can get boring at times but, yeah. but what was your job before twitter so my previous job i was the supervising producer for 60 minutes australia now you were there for a while too yes yeah, so i was at uh, 60s for getting on to about a decade right. uh, four years as supervising producer and um, another four year stint uh, as a field producer, which I loved. Um, had a little break in between there uh, working for Shine when Shine Australia was only about 10 or 12 people before it was uh, Endemol Shine. And before 60s, I was a reporter and producer at the ABC. So uh, here in Australia, also three years based in India as the South Asia correspondent, so covering mostly India, Pakistan, Afghanistan, um, as a reporter, as a correspondent. And the beauty about this role now is, of course, that being back in the region, I can draw on that experience and that feel for India and Southeast Asia in particular um, as we have those conversations. And I find that's really valuable. That Those markets have changed a lot. You know, India, the transformation uh, since I was there in the, the early noughties has just been extraordinary. And, you know, Twitter's really at the key of that. I mean, think about this. Of the top 10 most followed journalists in the world, three of them are from India, oh, wow. right? So that's really exciting to be a part of that, to draw on that experience and to work with this incredibly vibrant and innovative media market, uh, especially as we move towards uh, an Indian election in the next 12 months. Are any of the top 10 or 20 also in the Asia-Pacific region? Uh, we, no, India's, India's really, you know, it, it, it over-indexes. Yep. There's obviously strong representation in those top 10 from the US, you know, the Anderson Coopers of this world, for example. Um, and, and I think that's what's unique about India. We're seeing huge growth in Southeast Asia and a really vibrant news market there. But India gives us a couple of things that are particularly powerful uh, you've obviously got you've got you know the, the largest democracy in the world you've got this incredibly vibrant conversation around news politics sport cricket in particular and Bollywood and and you've also got this incredible transformation of the market as um, this explode this mobile explosion really affordable um, mobile uh, packages uh, for for a much wider slate of the com uh, sort of you know cut of the population and what that means also is um, bear in mind you've got a lot of you do this massive amount of uh, um, languages in India so we're seeing a, we're actually leaning very heavily into southern Indian languages at the moment so the Karnataka election recently was this really massive amount of conversation for us so you put all that together and that's one reason why India really just you know is such a powerful market for us 
before I forget and we move on, when you, you're talking about the most followed journalists, who would be the big names in Australia? Yeah. Look, uh, it, it's really, when you think about that, also think about what makes a great journalistic voice on Twitter. And obviously you need authenticity, you need to have an opinion, but keep it classy. And you also need to be you know, showing off your work as it were, as it were. Um, I think Alice Workman from BuzzFeed is is a great example of someone who's using Twitter really in her day to day work in a really effective way and and across a range of of tones. She live tweets Senate estimates. You know, she famously loves Senate estimates, and will give you know, and she really brings it alive. And this is what I think is interesting. She will she will bring. Uh, a passion uh, and a credibility to set an estimates that's really, um, really engaging. Because she's also cross-referencing, she's fact-checking, she's drawing on a previous experience, and then she can also do the light-hearted stuff as well. Mike Carlton is a really strong voice as well. So these Twitter. people would be up there in the, the highest. The yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, 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 they're the, you know, they've got massive followings. They're prolific. Um, they've got a lot of expertise. And, and, you know, I think what's interesting about Alison and Mike is they come from they're different generations as well. And Mike's a great example of someone who's adapted his journalistic voice and following to Twitter um, later in his career. And then you get people like Tim Lester, the Seven News reporter, who does a really great thing um, after budget every year, after federal budget. He streams live from the gallery. He basically, once the treasurer's finished the speech, he goes straight up to the gallery and for an hour or so walks the hall, showing the lobbyists, showing that movement of post-budget activity. And you've got that experience and expertise that Tim brings along with his live commentary and engaging with the conversation on Twitter. And it's a great example of someone, again, who's, who's you know, a real veteran of the trade, but is leveraging that in a really unique way on the platform. Uh, when it comes to media organisations in Australia, um, I, I guess you've, there's sort of practitioners probably at, at virtually all of them who are, who are good on the platform. As an organisation, though, who's sort of, who's really grasped what, what Twitter can do for them, do you think, best? Or a, or a couple I think everyone's doing well in the news space, and they're doing well in different ways. They're bringing their own uh, priorities and strategies to the platform. When you look at Seven News, for example, they use Twitter as their number one go-to breaking news platform. So Seven News Sydney is streaming five or six times a day on Periscope on average uh, breaking news and and you you know they've really grasped the live video power of the platform to be first on anything that's breaking so who, that's who helped drives that in there I wonder so a guy called Brendan uh, yeah no, something to do with that's that. exactly right and you know Brendan Brendan's <laughs> a real dynamo and and it's a great example actually of somebody who is passionate and an, and a, and a forceful advocate inside um, inside a newsroom and a news organization to make it happen so that's that's a really effective strategy. Uh, the ABC is the biggest news partner by virtue of followers, uh, more than 1.4 million followers. And again, they're using Twitter um, through their ABC News handle for breaking news, but they're also using it for some of their tentpole programmings like streaming Q&A and Four Corners. Um, and then when you have someone like Sky News, Sky News leads, leans very heavily into the political space, of course, so they're very prolific. Uh, around Ozpol, which of course is the biggest 
hashtag in Australia five years running. So you've got, you know, it, in some ways it's horses for courses. It's about the um, about the the publisher or the broadcaster working out what's important for them and their strategy, and then leaning into that. And we're lucky; we've got great partners here in Australia. And talking about uh, the journalists and how they they use the platform. I mean, I know in the very early days it was a very exciting place to be. Everybody was chucking up everything straight away, and then lots of news directors realised that wait, whoa, whoa, hang on a minute, <laughs> a lot of these stories are getting broken before we can put them maybe on our own platforms. So now people will use it a little bit differently, I guess, to point point um, audiences to big stories they might be about to break, so dragging them back to their own platforms. What, how has that turned and changed? Well, I think it's evolving. It's constantly evolving. And I think what I'm seeing in the last 12 months or so is is all you know really everyone realizing that twitter owns the live news space that you it is the fastest largest news platform on the planet and that you've got to be there first and and that it's not an either or i think james for a long time uh, there was this idea that you had to uh, you had to choose it was either twitter or your own operated platform or or whatever. Um, I think we're seeing a much more sophisticated approach to delivering news uh, where it is, where users are, um, delivering news into a mobile platform. You know, we are the one place on the planet where you can get um, news live content and conversation uh, in the palm of your hand. We've seen, obviously, you know, over the last decade, this massive transformation from uh, the newsstand to news being in the palm of your hand. And all news leaders now understand that Twitter is key in that ecosystem. Now, what we have seen is a consolidation in many cases. So you take someone like the ABC, they've consolidated a lot of their handles uh, to the umbrella of ABC News. And I think that's that's made a lot of sense that, they've, that, that Gavin Morris, the news director, has decided uh, that... Uh, you know, to have handles for AM or the World Today or, uh, you know, those those relatively smaller um, accounts doesn't make so much sense and to consolidate it. So, and, and I think in terms of journalists, and one thing we do a lot of work with both my team in the region and I is working with newsrooms and journalists to ensure that um, they're getting the best training, that they're, they're, they're using the tools that they understand how to think about Twitter to both promote themselves and grow their followers as journalists and also the stories that they do and in service of their employer. And we can bundle that together in a really effective way. And when I go and do newsroom workshops, um, whether it's you know here in Australia or in Singapore or in India or, or, or wherever, I'm finding... Um, that there's this renewed uh, excitement about the way you can use Twitter as an innovative tool and as a way to highlight what you do as a journalist and what I often call show you're working, which is, you know, I think it's really easy for journalists to forget the access that they have and to forget the expertise that they have. And and I can remember when I first started working at 60 Minutes as a producer, uh, you know, John Westacott, the then executive producer, would say, if it's of if it's if it matters, it's it's in the story. And if it's not in the story, it doesn't matter, right? And that's it. It's a 60 minute story. And I think we've seen a massive transformation, a shift. Whereas, you know, a, a stories are still, you know, obviously your 
best work and the best showing of, of that story in that format. But we're seeing a lot of engagement about the process um, that goes into those stories. And a great example of that is Rukmini Kalamachi, who's the uh, ISIS, who covers the ISIS beat for the New York Times. Whenever she files a story, she'll do like a 20 or 25 tweet thread showing source documents, photos, how she got the story, geolocation maps about the journey she's been on. And that drives a lot of conversation for her audience and her followers as well. Um, and to me, that's when it starts to get really exciting. Do you, you talked about doing um, workshops there for news. Do you have people working for Twitter in other markets yeah. in, in news? And do you have other people working with you in Australia? In the new space, uh, I am. I am the. I am or do you the, have a I'm team, or, is it, or do you? <laughs> You're looking at the team in Australia, okay, James. Okay, so um, well, that must keep you pretty busy. So yeah, that that you know, we're we're a pretty lean <laughs> team. Uh, so there's me in Australia, and then obviously uh, leading the colleagues team. Colleagues in other markets, and then right. I have at the moment I have two uh, colleagues in India who are fantastic and that's a huge space obviously so they're incredibly busy uh, and I also have a partnerships manager in the new space in Japan in Tokyo right. and they're great they're real dynamos they work incredibly hard and they're really plugged into um, their market and those relationships and and what's interesting about the role is you need to be doing everything from attending to the nuts and bolts requests around verification for example but also being able to walk into and have access to and conversations with senior leaders as well about what they're trying to achieve strategically in terms of reaching their audience creating new ways to deliver their stories and and exploring and driving revenue opportunities just indulge me here for a minute because as, as Media Week is, is quite, we like to think we're pretty prolific on Twitter and we've got a good following. We certainly don't use it as much as we could or as, as well as we, we could because time's one of the factors. You just don't get time to do everything, I guess. But but just repeat for, say you're in a in a session with some newspaper. I think it's important, again, and I think the listeners would enjoy this, just go through some of the basics that you, that you should always think about when you're on Twitter in terms of images, video, um, hashtags, things like What are the yeah. things you're always reinforcing yeah. to people? Well, the first thing is, is clarity of voice. Um, you've got to find and express your voice on Twitter, and, and that can take a little bit of time and a little bit of experiment. Um, so that's the first thing. Who are you? What's your area of expertise? And what are you? I always think it helps to think about what is it that I'm giving the audience uh, that is unique here? What is my area? So that's that's piece number one. The other is um, it's that as you talk about photos and videos, you know, the, the first um, law of television is show me, don't tell me uh, that if it has a, if it has a strong uh image component, then that's always going to work more effectively. In fact, um, you know, photos travel uh, four times more than, than text and video even more th th than that. So that's, you know, videos and images always help, especially if they're, they're relevant. And, and the other piece is, is being regular. I think constantly, um, you know, attending to the work that you're doing and and using that voice to keep people up to date with with how you're covering a story through the course of the day, what you're seeing from others. I think there's a, a great uh, value in being generous, which is, um, you know, 
observing and sharing other things that you're seeing and, and retweeting those with comments. And also, as you mentioned, hashtags are still a great way to ground a conversation. Um, don't use too many, two or three max, otherwise it starts to get a bit spammy. Um, but, you know, hashtags are still really powerful. I'm a bit of an old-fashioned guy. I mean, I still like the power of a still image. And, and when I'm going through a, a Twitter feed, I often don't have time to stop and, and review what, what videos, clips they've got up there. And I've noticed some news organisations, sporting bodies, have, tend, have said goodbye to the still image and there's just nothing but. Would you think it's good to have a combination of both or why do I need to just get with it and say, mate, it's the era of video? No, it's, it's still images are still really powerful and effective, especially if they point to access, especially if they're behind the scenes or, or a, a little sideways of where the story is. Uh, what I find is really effective is to have a good, strong image uh, if you've got a few things that you're talking about, start with an image and then and then set up a thread, uh, you know, below that image, which is more text-based. I find that's a, a great way to bring people in and then you can get down to the nitty-gritty. Right, okay. Um, in Now, just remind us too about the, the platform itself. Now, Twitter doesn't generate any content, does mm, it? No. And you don't really curate it either, do you? Or do you? Well, well, we do and we don't. I mean, going back to basics, obviously, where we are here to serve the conversation and to help partners surface their content and and to to bring credible content to the platform from news publishers and partners. We do curate through our moments team, and that's been a really important. Uh, new development over the last two years where we've got dedicated curating teams uh, here in Sydney, uh, in Australia. We've got one in, in Japan, for example, um, and we've got teams around the world. And the idea there is to really help uh, users and partners surface and collate or curate great content around stories. So that's been, that has been Obviously, our moments teams do that, uh, and they're great teams of journalists. But also, we're encouraging uh, partners and journo's to create their own moments as well. And moments, in fact, are a great tool for a journalist to wrap up the story of the day. So they've spent the day on the story. They've been tweeting throughout the course of the story. Moments are a great way to go. Here's the day as I've seen it. You put all your tweets in there. Include commentary and other pieces from others as well and then you can end with a link to or featuring your own story um in australia what what sort of news gets is really i don't know pushes buttons and and gets you know really things going i mean is it is it sort of tragedies or is it fires is it, um is it um you know sports news is it, or can it be anything uh, look politics is still a still. massive driver for okay. us you, you know anything that news obviously travels well on the platform um, but Ozpol five years running number one hashtag that's still a major piece for us so we'll you know obviously with the federal budget that was a massive you know conversation driver Barnaby Joyce in the last couple of days just keeps on driving conversation there. And and when you look at something like the budget, 
What's interesting about that is is you've got a huge amount of conversation around it, as you would expect, but it's content and conversation. You know, this year's budget is was was such a great showcase for Twitter because you've got four out of five free-to-air broadcasters streaming the speech live. You've got two broadcast partners then following on from that with dedicated social content on Twitter. So we mentioned Tim Lester, the ABC also had dedicated coverage, social coverage after that live on Twitter. Um, you've got uh, we doubled, we more than doubled our live um, audience from last year's budget. And then you've got BuzzFeed Australia launching a whole new dedicated show uh, the morning after budget, Buzz, BuzzFeed Ozpol Live, uh, hosted by Alice Workman, where they're really trying to bring together that strength of Ozpol and um, the weekly live show there, uh, but specifically on Twitter, harnessing the the political and Ozpol conversation on Twitter for a younger audience. Um, how did the royal wedding do? Really good. Yeah. Really, really good. And and again, lots of conversation, you know, in Australia and globally, massively, uh, and two partners streaming live. So you could have watched it on the... Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Who, yeah. Who, so who would that have been? That so been? the ABC and Seven both streamed okay. live. Um, again, reflecting their their strategy and their workflow if you like it's a big story we're going to go live on twitter um so you know again you've got the content and the conversation right there and and think about it also in terms of you know it's a saturday night you're not necessarily at home watching it in front of the telly if you're out and about and you're in a bar there it is you can see the key moments what's she wearing here's the dress fantastic the whole thing um and one of my favorite moments in fact mike was michael usher standing there in the studio waving to the newlyweds as they go past you know in a very you know excited way and the conversation being driven accordingly sure um it was probably it might have been nearly 12 months ago when you first started announcing some new partnerships with with people a lot more content was coming onto the platform um tell us about how that's been going and just run us through some of the important news partners you've got now really good it just goes from strength to strength um in particular this year for example we've had a new partnership that's that's really um unfolding in an exciting way with SBS. So we streamed, for example, their uh, Mardi Gras um, with SBS, which was really exciting. We're working on other other initiatives with them. As I mentioned, BuzzFeed, we've got this new show uh, that we're working on together that has just uh, launched in the last couple of weeks, which is really exciting, BuzzFeed, uh, Ozpol Live. And then you How know, often is that? Is it so that's weekly. weekly? At the, well, it's, it's, it's during parliamentary week. So it debuted the, the morning after budget. Then there was a, a week off because parliament wasn't sitting. And now through this uh, winter session before the break, uh, it's, it's every week. So that's a really exciting, new, innovative play playing to their strengths and our strengths with our audience uh, in particular. Uh, we, we've mentioned Seven and the work we're doing with Seven. Um, and then with the ABC, for example, uh, that's a really interesting play, especially when you look at the really big news events, like, for example, the marriage equality, uh, the uh, um, the marriage equality survey results uh, at the end of last year, in November of last year, uh, we partnered with them. The live stream got more than a million views. A massive story, a massive audience play uh, for us there. And then, of course, you've also got the wider content partnerships across sport and entertainment, such as with SBS around the World Cup, Eurovision, etc. 
Bloomberg's a pretty big player in Asia. Yeah. And I know they're a, they're a Twitter partner, aren't they? And they've put a lot of new content on there. Can you talk to us about any of that? Yeah, about? certainly in the region uh, in particular, the Bloomberg partnership is massive for us. Uh, you might have seen that Bloomberg's launched the first 24-7 news network on Twitter, which has been a massive play. And, and I think one of the great examples, a bit like the BuzzFeed initiative, which is let's create something that is distinctive to Twitter and and leverages the new unique power of the platform in this news environment. I, th- I think uh, traditionally there's always the instinct to try to recreate what we know and with Bloomberg, with TikTok, they're really trying to do something new. So that's a really powerful uh, tool there and they've got, uh, they're investing in editorial teams in the region as well. They've got a team of at least 10 people in Hong Kong, for example. So TikTok's a new initiative which is really powerful. And then also important partnerships uh, with Bloomberg around the Bloomberg Asia handle um, around revenue as well. So, you know, Bloomberg is a massive uh, player for us, a massive partner. And then we've also got other big regional partners such as the BBC and CNN. When a news organisation comes to Jonathan Harley and says, look, you know, our journalists are doing great work and it's helping us promote our products and, and all this sort of stuff, can they ask you about commercial opportunities too? Can they can they put content out there and with you maybe generate revenues which is split and things like that? Yeah, definitely. There are three big buckets. One is, you know, reaching audience and that's obviously key and, and working with publishers to extend their audience reach and particularly to find a a younger audience, you know, particularly in the news news and the live space. The other is the innovation bucket and, and how they can be using the platform most effectively. And the third, which is obviously really key, is the revenue piece. And we have two main products in that space, what we call in-stream video sponsorships and in-stream video ads. In-stream video ads is more of a click and monetize solution. Uh, it's it's uh, quite frictionless where you upload your content, you classify it as a partner. There's 15 or so categories. Um, and then the brand sets up a campaign, selects the, the content categories it wants to be aligned with, and then puts those together with pre-roll. Instagram video sponsorships is more bespoke. Uh, it's more a premium content um, opportunity, uh, and and we've been creating those sorts of partnerships across the region and here in Australia. Um, that takes, as I say, it takes a little bit more work, uh, but that I think is really exciting. One reason why I wanted to move into this space from a traditional broadcast background is I, I really wanted to see how we could... Um, work with publishers and partners to try and create uh, what is going to be the the new business models for journalism, which is my passion, and surfacing good journalism uh, for audiences into the 21st century. Has there been any pushback from sort of Twitter users when it comes to commercialisation? Because a lot of people, you know, they think they, well, they get the platform without cost and they don't often realise it well it's got to pay for itself somehow but if, and I guess you've tested different formats and regarding sort of how people react to them. I, I think one of the great things one of the exciting things actually is that we're not seeing that pushback that we're finding brands are really happy because those who come to Twitter the audience is leaning in they're in a discovery mindset they're trying to find out what's happening so they're receptive to brands um, and and that information and also the six second pre-roll um, it's 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 
it's not an invasive uh you know, length of video. So quite to the contrary, we find um, that that publishers are really happy, that brands are really happy, uh, and that users both get the content they want, um, and they're also getting, you know, they're obviously getting those brand messages, but in a way that's accessible uh, and not invasive. Yeah, we were speaking to somebody on Sky News Business the other week about that six-second video. It's become the sort of norm for short-form content that... Um because often sitting through a, a 25 or a 30 seconds can, can seem like an eternity, yeah. but I guess a lot more people are willing to sit through that six seconds. Yeah, I mean, it's not a, it's a, not a long period of time. And I think what's also interesting is is the way advertisers are getting more innovative uh, in, in telling a story in that time. Um, for the future, Jonathan, what are some of the big things coming up in, in news that you think will be helping drive audiences and getting people um, on the platform? Well, in, in Australia and the region, we've got elections, obviously. Uh, we've got an Australian election in the next year. And I think what's interesting about elections is they're something of a barometer about how the media is changing because uh, there's, there's a certain consistency about them. Uh, we'll see, I think we'll see, obviously, a lot more live and a strong conversation. And uh, we've already started conversations with partners about what their election coverage will look like and, and the importance of Twitter being at the heart of that. We'll see the same in the region as well. We've got an Indian election uh, within the next year. We've got Southeast Asia elections, so they're massive. And depending in the next couple of weeks, uh, what happens uh, with the negotiations uh, between Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Mrs. Trump and uh, Kim Jong-un, uh, we may have a really significant summit uh, in Singapore, which will obviously be a huge news driver for us. Sure. Um, any other sort of messages to, to people who use Twitter? Any sort of little tips or places you think are good resources they should they should take advantage of or head to? Yeah, I mean, obviously we've got we've got all of our um, all of our assets online. We're actually working on on new resources for journalists. And obviously, it takes uh, time to get around to every newsroom uh, in the region. So that's really important to to access those those pieces. The the other thing I think that's that's important to journalists at a time when the business is going through so much change and journalism seems less secure than it has been in the past. I always say that that Twitter is the best form of professional insurance a journalist is ever going to have, right? right? There's no better place to show off your wares to your colleagues, uh, to prospective employers, uh, to show them what you're doing, how you're doing it, and your strength of voice. Um, you know, Mark Stefano from BuzzFeed uh, for a workshop we did recently with the Walkleys recently said, for a young journo, their Twitter feed is more important than their CV. And okay. I think that's really, I think that's really key. That this is the place to to show off what you do um, and to be, you know, having a strong voice in this really active journalistic community in Australia and the region. Jonathan, look, it's been great uh, talking to you today. That uh, I loved one of your tips before, um, keep it classy. <laughs> that resonates in, and not that I think Media Week's That's a good gone, tip whether you're on Twitter off, or off Twitter. Off yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> look, um, look uh, we enjoy Twitter and um, we'll look forward to uh, hearing about uh, what you're up to in the uh, new space. Thanks so much, James. Great to chat.